0: every little thing you think that you need every little thing you think that you need every little thing
1: that's just feeding your greed oh i bet that you will be fine without it
2: right now i'd like to do a, a little mini private podcast with the 600 of you and uh the people who are listening at home on patreon you open to that Sweet, let's answer a few more questions. Who do we got over here? Hi, uh, my name is Christina. I work as a certified Komari consultant. And when working with my clients, we focus on only keeping things that spark joy and discard the rest. And sometimes some of the items don't serve a purpose. It could be a shirt that's completely damaged, but you still want to keep it because you really love it. So I want to know, did you keep any item that serves absolutely no purpose for you but that you love? Yeah, so, so I don't love things. <laughs> and, and things augment my life. Now, here's what I'll say. As a minimalist, everything I own serves a purpose, or it brings me joy, right? But sometimes it's imaginary joy. <laughs> and if it's imaginary joy, if I'm pretending I'm getting some sort of value from it, that's what, oh, that's all, not, we always hear us talk about adding value, that's all it means. Does it serve a purpose or bring me joy? But I have to be honest with myself. And quite often I'll have to... I'll encourage people to repurpose things if it's just sitting in a drawer or a closet and it's not actually bringing you joy. There's something you can do with old shirts or uh, if you don't want to get rid of them. No, I didn't, I didn't hold on to any things that were just sentimental that I don't display somewhere, though. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, I mean, I... I have more art than Josh has. I mean, we don't really compare the things that we have. That would be silly. My art's bigger than your art. <laughs> Not on stage, Millie. Come on, man. No, I, uh, I I certainly do have things that, you know, maybe don't serve an exact purpose. But, yeah, like I love, um, I, I have, I, I couldn't, I mean, if I sat here and thought about it, I could tell you how many paintings. But you know, just a handful of paintings and stuff that are displayed around my home. If I didn't have them, like my home would still be beautiful. But they certainly do uh, have a, a certain amount of either sentimental um, meaning, or um, it's it's just something that I really really love, like a picture of something that I really really love. So yeah, we are not uh, totalitarian. Like it, this isn't about like just living in the. In like a uh, the smallest place possible, and just have stark white walls, and uh, well, I mean, at that at the 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 um, terminus of that, you're just a monk, right? Like that's, I mean, th- those guys put us to shame. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no, uh, I think that it's I think that it's important that we have things that that bring us joy. I mean, I'm trying to think of something I have that is kind of pointless, but I still hold on to. I mean, I guess the only thing that really comes to mind is. Um, when I was in high school, I was begging my Oma to like get me a Stein from Germany, and she finally got me one, and that means a lot to me. Like I really love that thing. I don't think I'll ever get rid of it. Fact, I just went to Germany in July uh, for the first time and visited uh, where where she grew up. I'm, I'm
2: German. That's great to hear. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. We went. To,
0: uh, she's from Bavaria, great. and uh, Lonsuut, if you know, where that's just east mm-hmm. of Munich. Yeah. And um, it was great. And like now that Stein even means more to me. Like it had this um, like a uh, uh, coat of arms on it, I guess. And I had no idea what it was, but now I'm like, oh, that's, that's Bayern, which is German for uh, Bavaria. I, I mean, I just didn't know that. So now like it even has more sentimental meaning to me. Um, and I have that in my room. It's sitting on my stand and I keep my change in it though. So it still is kind of functional. Um, <laughs> But, but yeah, um, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't tell someone to, you know, throw away uh, something that they could put on display and like really, really get something out of and, and and have a story to go along with it. You. It's funny you bring up the shirt, because like that, I will say that to me is. And this doesn't mean anything to anyone who's holding on to like a ratty T-shirt that you know. That uh, uh, they're, they're holding on to because it brings me joy. But for me, it's kind of silly, because like I had shirts from high school, stuff um, that I, I got, um, you know, when I was in uh, different different states, and uh, I went to Hawaii one year, and you know, got some like lame Hawaiian t-shirt, like, <laughs> and ho- holding on to that forever. And I remember going through the packing party, and, and I got to that t-shirt drawer, and it was just like stacks and stacks of these t-shirts and they all had memories and they all did spark a little bit of joy and the only reason i held on to them was because i thought well it does spark joy and you know i, I do like having these things and if i you know if i'm going to cut the grass if i'm going to like you know do some painting around the house or uh, you know doing some doing some work around the my house i will totally wear these shirts but i have like 20 of them <laughs> like never am i going to need that many extra t shirts to uh to 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 do, to do housework in so i I think that it's perfectly okay, but for me like that was a dangerous road to go down with the shirts specifically
2: i feel like I feel like um two thousand and nine Julian Smith would have uh picked up this hypothetical person <laughs> and, and said something like you you get joy from a t-shirt that you don't use anymore? Like, get a fucking life. <laughs> I, I, I feel like that's what he would say, but I would never say that. <laughs> <More> comment. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you, appreciate it. Hi, my name's Olivia. I'm one of the people who are dragged here. Um, I can see the bruises. Yeah. Um, like many people, I use my phone a lot, and I'm pretty sure when you were in the corporate world, you probably had to too.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: How did you minimalize using your electronics in a way that was healthy?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, a phone is a tool, right? It's like, it it all depends on how you choose to use it. I mean, it's like, uh, if you were to get a chainsaw, you could cut down a tree, or you could go cut somebody up with it, right? I mean, (laughs) there's obviously a wrong and right way to use that tool. (laughs) That's a really morbid example. (laughs) But my, my my, my point is, is like, how are you using your phone? Um If it is for you know social media, and again, like social media, those platforms are also tools. Like how are you using them? If it is to uh, pacify yourself and it's just to pass time, then you know I might ask my, if that was me, I might ask myself, like am I really making the best use of my time? Because I will tell you, like there are, are plenty of days where I would spend time on, on Facebook or on Twitter and, and, and then go to Instagram and then I get caught in like the Bermuda Triangle of social media and I can't get out, and then I'm like, oh man, like I totally I was gonna I was gonna write today, but I didn't end up doing that, or uh, yeah, I was gonna go work out, but you know I use this device to distract me. So I think when it's getting in the way of what your priorities are, that's when it becomes a, a problem. And I understand. You're absolutely right. Like in the corporate world, we absolutely had to be like glued to our phones. It was, you know, if you're not answering emails or your phone at seven or eight o'clock in the morning until nine or 10 o'clock at night, then like that was that was usually a problem with, with our, our, our bosses. Yeah, you weren't a high-performing individual. Right, but I'll, I'll tell you the, the when I talked about how I noticed something different <laughs> with Josh and how I noticed how happy he was, he was telling me um, when, we were in the, when we were working together, it was around Christmas time and he was telling me about how, um, our boss was trying to get a hold of him on Christmas Eve. It was like six o'clock at night on Christmas Eve. And he was like, yeah, man, he was like, he was just calling me and calling me and calling me. And I finally, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm, I'm out to dinner with a friend and, uh, I pick up the phone and I'm like, Hey, how can I help you? And he's like, what is wrong with you? Why don't you answer your phone? I, I called you three or four times. He's like, I'm out to dinner right now. It's Christmas Eve. He's like, well, I need, to know, I need to know where your numbers are. What are your sales numbers? And Josh is like, I don't know. You're gonna get those at eight o'clock because at the end of every single day, we would send them the sales number. The store is closed at 8 p.m. He's like, you're gonna have them in a couple hours. Well, my boss wants them. Oh, well, you should tell your boss that that's an unreasonable expectation. And you know Josh could get away with that because he added so much value to that company that he had the leverage to set the expectations on what his superiors expected of him. So for anyone out there who is you know, lost in that crazy tornado of having to, to be attached to their phone for work, and you add a lot of value to your company you can set better expectations. We do not have to let other people's expectations ruin our life.
2: Julian, you, you, you used uh, social media um, differently from how you do today, I'm assuming. Um, you, you're on it far less because of, I mean, well, natural progression of, of, of things. But you used, you, you used Twitter in particular as, as a communication tool and, and you were very, very plugged into that world. It seems to me like you didn't just unplug, but you just sort of uh, stepped back. Quite a few steps back. What did that process look like?
1: I mean, it, is a, it's a, it really is a Bermuda Triangle, right? Where you're, I'll check Instagram, I'll check Twitter, I'll check Facebook, I'll check Instagram, I'll check Twitter. what did I say? Was it Twitter? <laughs> Twitter. And it's endless. Yeah. And it's an endless cycle. So uh, at some point, you just have to delete the stuff from your phone. And you're just like, because the friction, the friction is too low. They're they're too good at, at it. They're too good at making you want to spend time on it. Right. It's not your job to be on it, but it's their job to make sure you stay on it. And they're very good at that job. So at some point, you just have to drop them as much as you can, and just like, or leave them. And and it's it's, you know, we talked about anxiety before. It's it's anxiety producing at some point. Yeah. And. Uh, and you have to, like, this is not giving me anything, you know? It's tough. It's really it's really tough to do. But at some point, you just have to stare yourself in the mirror and be like, this is making my life worse. Mm-hmm. Not always, but sometimes.
0: Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing thing that you need every little thing that's just feeding your greed oh I bet that you'd be fine without it every little thing that you gotta have every little thing that you gotta have you gotta reach for Gotta grab oh I bet that you be fine without it.
1: So take your eyes away
0: or oh, take